Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Man, I'm so excited. Pastor has been preaching a sermon series on identity. And so I'm just going to continue that this morning. Uh, while people are, are getting to their Bibles and turning to the passage, I do want to say this. If you're watching on a live stream, thank you for watching. We have Sandra from Dallas watching on live stream this morning. So that's cool. We welcome you. Uh, also, we have Justin Joyner, uh, who used to be in our Master's Commission. He's watching on live stream, so he told me to give him a shout-out. And he'll, yep, he, he said he'll send $30 to my cash app. I'm holding you to it. Uh, uh, so we have lots of people watching from live stream. Pastor and Miss Phyllis, I hope that you're watching. Uh, I hope that I do you proud this morning. I hope that you're having a wonderful time. You're wearing your shades. You're looking cool. You're doing some awesome things. And you get a gold necklace made out of Cuban links that says G-Mommy. All right. So uh, <laughs> let's just make that happen, Pastor. All right. So anyway, uh, if you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 16. And I'm just going to share a little bit of my thoughts about identity. I feel like... I don't feel like, I believe that, that if most people in our culture today would find their identity, that a lot of problems that we have here in our culture and our society would just stop. If we actually plugged into what God is asking us to do, plug into his word, plug into a church, plug into a small group, uh, plug into worship and, and just give him our best. I believe that God will show us who we are in him and we will be doing the things he's asking us to do and we wouldn't worry about anything else trying to be something that we're not. We wouldn't be worried about who we are on social media. We wouldn't be worried about who we are out on Monday and Tuesday and maybe even on a Saturday when nobody's looking and then come in on Saturday putting on something called church and acting like we're part of the church. I believe if we find out actually who we are in Christ, we would be feeling our purpose and we would be having so much joy. We wouldn't be worried about anything that's in our past or anything that's here on the side. We'd be looking forward to Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. So let's start reading in Matthew 16. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? I love this. They replied, some say John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now, we're going to start right here. So what he's talking about, he's, he's asking the disciples, who do people say that I am? Jesus has been walking this earth. He's been healing people. People are now being able to see when they were blind. People who were lame are now walking. I mean, Jesus has done some, some incredible things. He's fed uh, 5,000 people. He's fed, fed people some fish, some fish and some bread. He had the biggest fish fry on earth. Amen. Oh, glory to God. And it's a mustard and some hot sauce. And he's asking, who do people say that I am? And people don't know this Jesus yet. They don't know him like we know him. They know him as like one of the prophets, somebody who is a mouthpiece for God. Now, back in those days, uh, when someone God would speak, they would go to a prophet because a prophet heard from the Lord, right? And they would tell, the prophet would tell all the things God was going to do or is doing, all right? And so they were just saying, Jesus, you're one of these guys. You're like one of those. You're just a man who's a prophet. You're a mouthpiece for God. But we know that Jesus it's something different, don't we? All right, so let's keep reading. All right, 15. But what about you? So he's asked the question to the disciples, who do people say that I am? 
Now, the disciples, they had done something different. They walked with Jesus. They saw all the miracles. They saw all the healings. They saw everything and all that in the back of the potato chips. But he's asking, who do you say that I am? Now that you've walked with me for some years, and you walked and traveled with me, and you've seen all the things God has done through me, who do you say that I am? Next verse. He says, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. This is wonderful news. This is wonderful news. Let's go to the next verse. Jesus replied, blessed are you. Anybody want to be blessed? Raise your hand if you want to be blessed. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Flesh and blood. He's talking about humans. He's saying it wasn't revealed to you by your grandmother. It wasn't revealed to you by your father. It wasn't revealed to you by your cousin, your baby daddy, your baby mama. It wasn't revealed to you by humans. This was revealed to you by God. Now, I got a question. How did he get to this point? How did he get to this point where he's so bold? Peter, I can see Peter jumping up. He said, you are God, son of the living God. You, you man, you are all that. Like, you, you are this person. You're not one of these prophets like everybody say you are. You are the son of the living God. And he says, Jesus says, I now tell you that you are Peter. What's happened? So Peter, Simon, has this revelation of who Jesus really is. He's been walking with him. You know, G Peter, Simon, is the one who, who got it in the boat. He sees Jesus walking on water, and he's the one who says, Jesus, tell me to walk out there. And he walks on water. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds crazy. That sounds, who's, who is going to walk on a large body of water? Not this guy, all right? Not this guy. Unless Jesus tells me to do it, I'm not going to do it. I'm not about to drown for nobody. I remember I was at Point Mallard some years ago. My wife, she loves this story. And uh, I was, I was, I've been working out, you know, trying to get like Pastor Emilio. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. And anyway, so, I, you know, these kids were challenging me. And it was like, hey, let's go swim to the, the wall at, at, the, at the Point Mallard. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm crazy. And my, my son, he was still cooking in my wife's stomach. And uh, so he had not yet born. And so I was, I was swimming, and I lost breath. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to turn around right here. This would be a good decision. I shouldn't die today, all right? And uh, so I, I, I turned around, and I, that was it. <laughs> I just turned around. And I couldn't move because my arms were so tired. So I, 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 got, I got the bright idea. Let me go down, all right? And then when I go down, I hit the floor. I'm going to shoot back up, and I'm going to go back into the shallow end. So I went down, and I'm kicking my feet. <laughs> I ain't finding nothing. <laughs> this plan needs to be aborted quickly. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like, oh, snap. This is it. I'm, my heart is now, you can hear it underwater all right, at this point. And so I'm, I'm, I'm doing this number, and I see the wall on the side, and I'm swimming towards the wall. I'm like, this right here, because I'm panicking, you know, I'm like, why did I do this, all right, and so I'm paddling, I'm paddling, I'm paddling, I get to the wall, and this young little lady, she had to be like 12, she was lifeguard, get out the wall, I'm not getting off the wall, get out the wall, you help me, <laughs> I'm not getting off the, I'm about to drown, and so anyway, so I'm, yeah, I'm not going to drown, so I'm not going to walk out on water like Peter, but he did. Why? Because he knew who Jesus was. 
He knew that Jesus was son of the living God. So let's keep reading. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome. So now we see Simon is no longer Simon. But based off this revelation, he is now Peter. Did you see a shift? Did you see the identity change that happened right there? What would happen to us if we got in our word? If we got into worship and God just started revealing stuff to us, don't you think we begin to change from the inside out? We wouldn't have to just change our wardrobe thinking people are going to just see us as somebody who's Christian. They're just going to know it by the fruit that we bear. Is this good? Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. To know Jesus, write this down. To know Jesus is to know yourself. The more you know him, the more you know yourself. See, Jesus took Simon, who was a fisherman, and turned him into a fisher of men. See, we only got part of who we are supposed to be, but when we are plugged in to Jesus, we know who we are in him, all right? To know Jesus, to know yourself. See, a sign of a healthy church is that people who, uh, who know Jesus know who they are. That's the sign of a healthy church. Everybody in here should know who they are in Christ because you're, you're plugged in, you're died deep inside them. That's the sign of a healthy church. Turn to John 15. I want to show you something else. John 15. Now, while, um, while you're turning to John 15, I got something to show you. This is really cool because a lot of you don't know what this is, all right? This right here, what y'all laughing for? This right here is the world's first Keurig, right here. So you put the little K-cup in this little, see that little thing right there in the hole? Put the K-cup right here, and it, it, it funnels through, and then it's got, you know, it, and the coffee just, and then you put it, y'all know what I'm talking about, it's a Keurig, right? Is this a Keurig? Well, how do you know? How do you know this is not a Keurig? I'm telling you, this is a Keurig. It makes the best coffee. Anybody had that coffee this morning? I had a Red Bull, so if I'm starting like, it was that, all right? So, how, how do you know this is not a Keurig? Because you have one? How many of y'all have a Keurig at home? All right, Keurig, you have to sponsor me after this, all right? So, this is not a Keurig. This is not a Keurig, but what is this? A what? I'm hearing a lot of women say, not a lot of men. <laughs> I, mean, anyway, I don't know about you, but when I use this thing, my wife loves me. She, anyway, all right, so, so how do we know? So half the people in this room could say this is a Keurig, and the other half could say this is a vacuum cleaner. And then another part of the room could probably say this is a paperweight. But how do we actually know this is a vacuum cleaner? Should I just take your word for it? I got a what? Say it again. Plug it in, plug it in. Y'all remember that commercial? 90s people, let's, whoa, all right, yeah, all right. How do you know you got to what? Plug it in. You got to connect it to the source. You got, you, you got to connect it to the source. So then when you, oh, I don't forget how to do this, babe, sorry. Okay, you plug it in, and then what do you do? You turn it on, all right? It works. It works. It's a vacuum cleaner. It's not a correct. Too many people, too many Christians are acting like something that they're not 
and they're not plugged in. They're not connected to the source. See, in Psalms 139, it talks about being knitted in your mother's womb. Well, who knitted you together in your mother's womb? God did. He's the manufacturer. So wouldn't it be good to go back to the manufacturer to find out who you are? Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Now somebody scream identity. This is going to hit some people in the teeth real quick, but I'm sorry. Some of the, some of the abuse that we encounter is self-inflicted. It's because we don't know who we are. We're not plugged in. See, you can go and try to use this as a cure egg if you want to. It ain't going to wake you up. It ain't going to give you no energy. But when you plug it in, it's a vacuum. It cleans up the area that you're vacuuming up. But a lot of us, we're doing stuff that we're not even supposed to be doing because we're not plugged up. We think that we're doing something great. We think that we're doing something awesome. All the while, we're just being clowns. Might as well just put on some paint on our face and just be a clown. See, some of the abuse that we encounter is self-inflicted. Here's what I mean by that. When we don't know who we are, we allow people to tell us who we are. And they will abuse us with words. They'll tell us where to go, where to be at, and guess what we're going to do? We're going, and we're going to be there because we don't know who we are. See, if we know who we are in Christ, we know that some places aren't for me. When we know who we are, we realize that some people are for me. When we realize who we are, we realize some social groups are for me. I, I, put, I wrote a post on Facebook uh, about cereal, your favorite cereal, and, I, and I, judge, I judge people who say number one is their raisin brand. I just judge you. I know the crunch got some special stuff to it, and it, it, it do, uh, but, but y'all know Cinnamon Toast Crunch is it. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's it. It's just it. It's the... God, glory, glory, hallelujah. God, oh, Jesus. I love some Cinnamon Toast Crunch. When we know who we are in Christ, we realize some cereal ain't for us, right? Some, some stuff just ain't for us. But we, we get abused because, because we think we're supposed to be this certain type of person or this certain type of people, but we're not because we're not even plugged in to the manufacturer, to the source, to find out who we truly are in Christ. And we're wondering why we're not fulfilled. We're wondering why we're depressed. We're wondering why we just keep wandering around aimlessly not doing anything. I believe there's a generation out there that wants to find out who they are in Christ so they can get on with their life and not wait till they're 83 years old. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. When you don't know the purpose and identity of something, abuse is inevitable. It's just going to, it's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. John 15, turn to John 15 real quick. This is good. I love, this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible, John 15. It comes with a promise. It's really good. Somebody say identity. John 15 says this, I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking. It's in red letters. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Hold it right there. What is the purpose of a branch? To, to what? To produce fruit. That's the purpose of the branch. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Let's go to the next verse. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Verse 4. Remain in me. I love this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. That's a promise. When you remain in him, he also remains in you. So how do we do that? We read our word. Anybody read that word this morning? Anybody read that word this week? Anybody read that word this year? All right. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Here we go. Read your word. You worship. And you don't have to just worship on Sunday. Tuesday's out there too. All right. Where we at? Remain in me as I also remain in you. That's, that's good. No branch can bear fruit by itself. You mean you can be fruitless? You can go to church and be fruitless. All right. It must remain where? In the vine. I'm preaching fire right now. My note's about to catch on fire. All right, here we go. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. What is the purpose of the branch? To, to bear fruit. And what must you do to bear fruit? You must remain in the vine. You guys are so smart. Oh, my God. All right. I am the vine, the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, he's telling you again, and I am you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So a lot of us who are not connected to the source, who are not rooted in Jesus Christ, we're, we're walking around aimlessly because we're bearing no fruit. Our purpose is to bear fruit, and we're wondering why we're depressed. We're wondering why people are struggling finding their own identity. Where guys are thinking they're girls and girls are thinking they're guys. Where, where people think that they're supposed to be working out in this field when God said, I called you to work in this field. Who are you? And everything is, is connected and correlated with knowing Jesus Christ. If you don't know him, you don't know yourself. If you're not rooted in him, you're walking around aimlessly, not living in your purpose. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Somebody say identity. identity. John 15, I love that. If you remain in me, I will remain in you. Next verse. Since if you do not remain in me, this is for, if you don't remain in him, this is for you right here. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away. It's worthless. And withers, such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. You're good for firewood. If you remain in me, and I like this, he changes it up right here. says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 
It's good. Verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Somebody say identity. Let me ask you this question. What is a purpose? What is the purpose of, of a plum tree? To what? To grow plums. Anybody like plums? I like plums. Anybody like peaches? Once you get past the little furry part, peaches are good. Nectarines? <laughs> I like some nectarines. But a purpose of a plum tree is not to bear peach, peaches. It's, it's to bear fruit, plums. We had, a, we had a plum tree in our, in our yard for, for years, and we loved those plums. The plums. They were like little miniature plums. We used to throw them at each other, me and my brother, and, uh, and hit each other in the head. It was awesome. And uh, you know how kids are. You ain't got nothing else to do. All right, so you just throw them at each other. But the purpose of a plum tree is to, is to bear plums. It's, and sometimes it would bear plums, and then sometimes the caterpillars would get them, and then sometimes they just, they just weren't good at all. Uh, but the purpose of a plum tree is to, is to bear plums. And, and sometimes we would have these trees pop up everywhere, just everywhere in, in the yard. It was, it was great. It was awesome because you had a new tree and plum, it produced the fruit. And uh, I heard a story one time that if there's a drought or a storm, like what would happen to those, those trees? Well, you know, in the storm, the tree will bend back and forth. It'll never break, but it, it would... Sometimes they would break, but they would bend back and forth. But what about a drought? What, what about when there's nothing, nothing happening? There's no rain, right? We know that trees need water to, to bear fruit, right? Is that correct? Am, am I right now? Anybody, any teachers in here? And, and so in a drought, the roots of that tree don't actually just stop, but they go what? They go deeper. As a matter of fact, they found trees, is that me? They found trees that have, the roots have gone deep into the ground and actually access water from a pipe. Like it, it needed water so bad, it would, it would take its roots and go through the pipe to access that water. You know what I believe God is telling us today? That if there's a drought in your life, and you're not seeing an ounce of God's promise in your life. But you know God told you that something was going to happen. God told you that your family was going to come back to Christ. God told you that he was going to heal you of some things that happened in your life when you were a child. There were some things that were going to happen. And you know what he's saying? He said, don't just wait on me, but dig your roots deep into the ground. I want you to dig so deep that you find me. That you find me, that you will go be willing to do anything to find me. Somebody say identity. identity. See, too many of us, too many of us think that the tree's purpose is just to throw shade. All right, All right. We're, good with, we're good with the fruit part, but when we ain't got the fruit part because we're not digging our roots down deep, we're, we're good for shade. How do you know a tree's not living in its purpose? It's only good for shade. That'll preach. Y'all tweet me on that one, all right? I was walking the parking lot one day. I like, I see things. God has given me uh, a, a cool ability to, just to see things. And I don't know, I was walking in the parking lot and uh, saw these two trees next to each other. Y'all see those trees at the edge of the parking lot? And... Um, 
one tree was, I mean, it was flourishing. It was green. There's birds flying in and out of it. I think I saw a raccoon up there or something. I don't know, possum. I don't know. There's a lot of animals in it. And uh, it's just flourishing. It looks, it looks awesome. And right next to it, there's this, this other tree. I'm talking about probably this far apart. And, and the other tree didn't look as green as, as the other tree. It didn't have birds flying in and out of it. It was, it was kind of scarce, actually. And the Lord told me this. This is just a little side note for you guys. The Lord told me something. He says, the same thing happens in church. You can be in the same room, listen to the same message, hearing the same worship, and one tree be flourishing and the other one be dead. One tree can be flourishing and the other one can be dead. Listen to the same. What's the difference? What's the difference? One's digging deep. One's taking, taking what it has and digging deep is going into the word. Not the tree, I'm talking about you. Getting into the word. What, when, when Alabama loses, what are your roots doing? You just going to mope around? Well, Saban, you know, he's going to retire soon. I, I, <laughs> all right, that was funny. All right, but, but what about something else? What about when, when maybe, maybe, you know, if you had a friend that had a, a car accident? But you've been praying for that person to get saved, and you're like, God, I don't understand what happens. What are your roots doing? What about when you get that diagnosis, that C word comes up, and, and, and you, God, I've been faithful. I've been tithing like Pastor Tony been telling me to do. I'm serving on the security team. God, I'm doing everything you asked me to do. What are your roots doing? What happens to you when things are happening, when, when there's a drought, when there's storms? See, see you got to understand something. If a tree could talk, what would it say? What would it say? Here comes this, this tornado, this, this hurricane. We've been in tornadoes, right, those seasons in our life. We've been in hurricane, those seasons in our life. But what, what, what would a tree say? What would a tree say? A tree probably would say, get me out of here. The tree would probably say, I, I ain't taking too much more of this. I'm gone. There's another church down. Uh, anyway, there's, <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm talking about a tree. What would a tree say? The tree would get me out of here. Dig me up right now. And I want to go over yonder. All right? It's better than Florida anyway. All right? <laughs> no, it ain't. It ain't the hurricane. But I like some Florida. Anyway, I'm thinking of the beach. Anyway, so what would a tree say? It would probably get up and run. That's, that's what we end up doing. But God's saying, instead of running, instead of screaming and shouting, try this. I want you to dig deep into the Word. I want you to dig deep. I want you to get around people. I want you to get around godly men and godly women and surround yourself in a little small group. And I want you to just talk about me. Because when there's two or three gathered, there he is in, in the room. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So then we got help. We got Jesus. And the more we know Jesus, the more we find out who we are. Somebody say identity. Anybody getting anything out of this? When you're not rooted in Christ, you will become something that God never intended you to be. The math just be mathing, all right? 
When you're not rooted in Christ, you will become something you're not intended to be. See, most Christians, their go-to identity, their go-to identity, the identity they like to go to the most when they're not rooted in Christ, you know what it is? It's to be a victim. To be the victim of every story, too. Well, I just, I just, I just, I've been trying, you know, and I can't believe old Cheryl over there. She, I don't even know who Cheryl is. If your name's Cheryl, I'm sorry. Okay, it just, it just popped, first thing popped in my head. And you know, just, she, everything's going good for her. You know, you know, her, her baby daddy over there, and, you know, he take good care of her. And, and I don't know why just things ain't happening for me, you know. Or, 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 or maybe, you know, man, if I can't believe they would let Pastor Adrian up there and pray and, and preach, and they wouldn't let me. I'm talking about Pastor Tony right now, because Pastor, anyway. Why they let him preach, bald head dude, you know? Y'all know those people. We've got to be the victim in every story. Why well, come they ain't doing that for me? When we're not rooted, abuse is inevitable, right? And then we start playing the victim, and then now, now if you act like the victim, you will become the victim. You will become it. And then your identity is all wrapped up in that. Somebody owes you something. Somebody, I, I ain't going back over there. They owe me an apology. Until they call me, they don't even know you're mad. They don't even know. And you over here, until they say something to me, I ain't going to say nothing to them. And we avoid people. Can you imagine me being upset? I've never been upset a day in my life, right? I ain't going to say that, all right? <laughs> See me ducking for God. Oh. Can you imagine me being upset? Just, just imagine me being upset at the front door at the church. Just upset at somebody. I'm, I'm mad at, I see you, Donetta. I'm, I'm just going to use you. Don't be mad at me, all right? You're just right there to glowing, all right? And she's walking in. I'm mad at Miss Donetta, and she's walking in, and, I, you know, who she thinks she is? <laughs> I ain't going to say hey to her, and I just walked to my office. I done missed six people coming in as new visitors at that point. I'm not able to do my job because not, I'm the victim, Right? I'm running away from what God has designed me to do. And a lot of us in this room, not in this room, I ain't just playing, it ain't none of us in this room, but a lot of Christians will do that. They've become the victim because they're not rooted in Christ, and now they cannot operate like God intended them to be. And God has placed something in us, and he wants to help us bring it up, but we got to dig deep into the ground. We got to be rooted in him. Somebody say identity. identity. Look at your neighbor and say identity. identity. Look at your other neighbor that you ignored. that has got the, you know, the breath going on and they just need a crease of gum and say identity. You got to say it. I got a joke for Derek Bell, but I'm not going to say it. I love you, Derek Bell. You're my man. All right. See, a victim's war cry is always someone owes me something. Turn to Matthew 18 real quick. Matthew 18, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up. Identity. I believe if we find out who God intended us to be, we will be fulfilled in our purpose. We won't have 
time to worry about what's not happening. We'll be, we'll be spending so much time with Jesus that, man, we're just flourishing. We don't have to ever be that person who was addicted. That's not our identity anymore. Our identity is in Christ. We don't have to be that person who, you know, I pray for uh, these, these grandmothers having to take care of their kids. They may have thought the, the end was over. Hey, it's just getting started. But who are you now in this season? The only way you know that is if you dig deeper in, into the ground, if you get your roots deep into the grounds. Matthew 18 says this, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Some translation says 70 times seven, which is 490 times. And if you do the math, you really should be beating that person up. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> you got to forgive somebody 490 times in a day. You pray for patience, and he is there. All right, so, all right. Here we go. There was this one time. My brother should remember this. He's here today, so I'm going to pick on him just a little bit. Uh, there was one time, me and my brother, we were in Scottsboro one time. And, uh, you know, brothers fight. It's like in our DNA. We look at each other. I'm the, I'm the king of the jungle. You're not. And uh, I don't know. We were doing something. I was probably aggravating him. I don't aggravate people much. Uh, and uh, I don't know why he had this in his hand. It was, he had a dill pickle. Pickles don't belong on chicken sandwiches. Amen. All right, so uh, make it all soggy inside. And anyway, he had this big old dill pickle, and I don't know. He just, I'm being nice to him. And he just chunks it. And I think, you can hear it. It sounds like a helicopter flying toward you. And it hit me in my Adam's apple. And if you've ever been hitting the Adam's apple before, man. And uh, <laughs> you lose your breath. <laughs> and so I can't breathe, but I'm mad. I, I feel the fumes uh, coming up. And so I've been watching a lot of Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so you're not just going to hit me with a pickle. You're about to get kicked. And so you remember this, don't you? And I, I mean, I, doo, doo, doo. I stayed in the air for at least 10 seconds. I'm telling you, I was flying. And I kicked him right there in the chest, and he went flying through the door. And that, I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. I mean, they should make a movie about how long I stayed in the air that time. It was great. That's what we do. And instead of apologizing, we, we like to fight. Eye for an eye, two for two, right? That's our nature. Our nature is to do that, but God is asking us to do something else, and Peter understands that. He understands that. He's like, what you talking about? So how can we get out of this victim mentality when we're not rooted in Christ, not being who God has asked us to be? How do we do that? I'm about to tell you. Here it is. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, that's a lot of money, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered him 
that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to, uh, to be sold to repay the debt. His wife was not happy with him. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The service master took pity on him, canceled the debt. Can somebody say amen to that? Can you imagine having a debt like that? Bags of gold, you're in trouble, all right? You're in trouble. And not only can you not pay it, but now your whole family's about to be taken. Sold into slavery, and this, uh, this dude starts begging. And the king canceled his debt. Do you know that's what Jesus has done for us? What God the Father has done for us? He's canceled our debt. If you're excited about it, go and give God a handcuff of praise real quick. He canceled his debt. The service master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. That same servant. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants. He's acting like a victim. To one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver, silver coins. What, what is more, bags of gold or a hundred silver, silver coins? Bags of gold. So he got the guy with the silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. There it is. He began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. This is somebody who his debt got canceled. The king done him a big favor. His wife is now happy because she is not going into slavery. His children are now happy. They're actually going to Target to go get Starbucks coffee right now because they are free. And yet he finds somebody else. That was for you, babe. They find somebody else who owes him not even as much money as he owed the king. And what does he do? What, what our nature tells us to do. Give me my money. You owe me something. Isn't that the same as a victim? You owe me something. I don't care what Jesus has done for me. You owe me something. I don't care what God has done for me. You owe me something. And until you give it to me, I'm not going to do what you say. I'm not even going to do what the king said. I'm just going to do my own thing. But you owe me something, and I'm going to do this until. And so now we're avoiding people. Now we're not living in the purpose of God have for us. Now we're not doing the thing that God has told us to do. And God is saying, why are you going out choking people? Quit acting like the victim. Pay back what you owe me. His servant, fellow servant fell on his knees, begged him, be patient with me. I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Now, I grew up, snitches get stitches, but right here, I guess it's a good thing to do. I don't know. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant. You wicked servant. He said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy 
on your fellow servant just as I had on you. In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured. Until he should pay back all that he owed. This, this is, this is deep. This is strong. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your mouth. From where? Your heart. See, a lot of us are going around saying, I forgive you, but don't understand it with their mouth. And then wondering the next day why we're still mad. Why we're still rehearsing this thing and still acting like the victim. See, there's two types of people. There's people who act like the victim and there's people who actually are victims. And can I tell you something? This applies to both. People who are actually victims and people who are acting like victims, this applies to both. He said, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive from your from your heart. And we're sitting here, we, we, we know the word, we know who God is, we know what he's done for us, and yet we'll take this verse and we'll say, but that don't apply to me. They, they done something to me. They, you just don't know what I've been through. I, I heard the story one time about these, uh, this, this dog. And this dog had puppies. And one day, uh, this dog got hit by a car. And uh, they had to have surgery, and it was walking with three legs. You know how a dog walks with three legs? It kind of got that, that limp. It's got that, that hobble. And so when this, this dog had puppies, they, they came out with all four legs, just like you know, a normal puppy does. And they noticed that these, these puppies, when they began to walk, they began to walk with a limp. Can I, can I tell you something? If you be the victim and always be the victim and you'll act like the victim, don't you know that people in your family will start to pick that up? They'll start being the victim as well. They'll start walking like a victim. Can I tell you something? If you will be an addict and then you've got kids and wonder why they're turning into addicts, let me tell you something. You need to get rooted in Christ. You need to find out who the source is, and his name is Jesus. Let me tell you something. We got to watch what we're doing because other people are watching us. I was watching Miss Phyllis last Sunday. Her mother just died. Man, I was, I was hurting for her. We were all was hurting for her. And I was just watching her. And you know what she was doing? Standing right here. And where were her hands? Her hands are worshiping. Now, I can, I've been there. I remember my best friend, Philip, died. It was rough. It was rough. Let me tell you something. When you go through something like that, it hurts. You don't want to be around people. But let me tell you something. She didn't sit there and act like a victim. And she had every right to. 
she could have stayed at home and all of us would have understood that, right? right? We would have understood that. But what was she doing? Raising her hand, praising God, worshiping God. Why? Because she knows something. She knows that she's got to get her roots deeper in Christ. Why? So that she can produce fruit because it's to God's glory that we produce fruit. And she knows that there's going to be other people who are going to go through the same thing in this room. And one day they're going to come at that crossroads and they're going to remember, you know what Miss Phyllis did? I'm going to choose to worship. I'm going to choose to go deeper in Christ. Because there is a greater purpose for me than to willow and, do, and, and cry and be upset and play the victim in every story. I got to get my roots deeper. Worship team, if you'll come up here, I'm going to tell you one last story. Because none of us, none of us are supposed to be the victim. That's not our identity. Our identity is not wrapped up in being the victim. Amen. Uh, these... These hunters, they're uh, uh, in Alaska, these Eskimoians or whatever you call them. I don't know. And uh, they're hunters. They have to go hunt for their food, and they just can't just go to McDonald's and get their fries, all right? And so they're hunters, and so they hunt for their food, and they'll take these big, long knives, right? They'll take these big, long knives, and they will... They'll cut open a seal, it's kind of gory, and they would bleed it out into these buckets. And so they would take this knife, and they're in Alaska, so you know it's cold, all right? And they would dip it in these buckets, and they would do that process over and over until this knife, this big, sharp knife, turns into a popsicle. And so what they would do, they would take the butt of the knife and they would stick it in the ground. Multiple knives across the snow. And wolves will come from far away, miles away, because they can smell this blood. And they would come and they got a treat in the snow. They got this popsicle. And so they just go up to it, these pack of wolves, they go up to it, and they're licking this popsicle. They're just licking it, licking it, and they're having fun. It is great. But there's a knife underneath that popsicle. And so they start licking and licking it. And you know how it is when you eat a popsicle, your, your tongue gets numb, right? You're like, oh, my God, my tongue's done. Look, it's so cool. Ah, that's what my kids do anyway. And so they're licking and licking the tongue. And, you know, they, they've got all the juices out of it. So it's just an ice, piece of ice now. But, but they keep licking it. And finally, they... The, the, the sharp edge of the knife is being exposed and it starts to cut the tongue of the wolf right and so now the wolf is like okay we got blood again yeah and the wolf is now licking its own blood all the while this wolf is licking this knife and it's losing blood it's weakening the wolf's body until the wolf collapses and dies. Now the hunters have fur, they have meat, they have all they need, but God spoke to me through that story one time. That's what unforgiveness is like. It feels good for a moment because eye for an eye, two for two, that's our nature. And we're good at playing the victim. And it's fun. It's great until we get to 
the knife. And nobody's taking it and hitting us with it. We're doing it willingly. And all the while, it is weakening us and it's killing us. Satan does the same thing to us when we hold unforgiveness in our heart. See, too many people in here across the world, in our culture, in our generation around us, we're walking around as a victim and it's just a it's just a trap of the enemy. He wants us, he wants us to die. He wants to kill, steal our hopes, our dreams. He wants to destroy everything that God wants for us. Yet we're we're running from the drought. We're running from the storms. Instead, we should be deep, getting our roots deep into the ground, producing fruit so people can see that and taste that the Lord is good. But, but, but something happens. We play the victim, and, and then we end up in this, this, this cycle, and it starts snowballing and turning to this thing that is so big and it's out of control and we can't handle it ourselves and we wonder why we're depressed and we can't move forward and why we're stuck and we can't go where God's take, wanting to take us is because we're being the victim. We're holding something in us, unforgiveness, and it's choking us. It's taking the very life out of us. And God is saying, if you forgive from your heart, there's freedom. The shackles are broken. The chains are, are loose. And you can start walking in, in your purpose and who God wants you to be. And that's not just for 20-year-olds or 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50 it's, it's for everybody. Some of us, we've been holding this victim mentality for years. And it only takes one time. Say, God, I, I forgive such and such. They don't owe me anything. God already took care of it on the cross. I'm free. I don't have to hold this. I want to be who you called me to be, Lord. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.